Would you let people smoke at your shows? Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. Why do you think people care about that sort of thing? Because um, it could be a hassle. Is it more the venues, more than the artists? I bet. Because the artists probably don't give a fuck. Yeah, but I say it depends on your perspective. Most of them live in California. Yeah, I feel like I've been to some shows and they've been like, if you got some weed right now, light up. Yeah, if you got it, up. smoke it. Why not? It's also like, you know, the artist is there to entertain the crowd. They want the guests to have a good time. Yeah. The manager has to contend with policies, fire safety, yeah. making money. Yeah, I think some places it's kind of like a don't ask, don't tell type oh, of thing. 100%. Where they act like, you know, that's But I've also watched a <laughs> like, security dude get pissed off about it before. I was and at, it's just like... I was at like a Cage the Elephant show at the Yum Center. We were on the floor, and he came up through the crowd. was just like, excuse me, excuse me, big dude. And he just goes up, taps someone on the shoulder, and is like, put it out. See, but there's the video. And he said, he just said, put it out, and walked away. Uh Oh, okay. So he's like, I did my due diligence. Yeah, he he didn't want to be a piece of shit about it. But then they lit back up, like, not even five minutes later. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) Like, it might have still been burning, and they might have just... Like yeah, just it put out. it down for yeah. a second. There's so many ways. <laughs> so he came back up and was like, uh-uh. Yeah, see, that, that, he wants to wants He's to like, no right way. Uh-huh. I got in trouble one time for having a water bottle filled with whiskey at, oh, no. at Kroger Field. <laughs> Eat shit. And they fucking confiscated it from me. They were like, give me that right now. How about I just pour it out? And I, I wanted to take out. another sip before he took it. <laughs> I just wanted to take a shot. Come you on, no, I thought about it, but I like you uh, pushing it in their face. <laughs> that would have been so extra. I should do an just actual. Just chug the rest of it. I should do an actual intro. I just kind of press play. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the highly suspicious podcast with Louie and Preston. My name is Louie. My name is Preston. You're reporting once again, live from the trap house. Got my boy uh, Chris Reithmeyer in the house. Uh, he has a band called The Docs. He also plays some shows solo. He's a talented man. He's uh, on the rugby team still, right? Yeah, men's rugby, yeah. And he's also pretty good at basketball. <laughs> I, need, uh, I need Deuce here to tell you otherwise. My friend is telling you, tell you that I'm not. <laughs> I don't know how someone could talk shit on you. You are like fucking like Bradley Beal out there. <laughs> You're just fast at everybody. Do you have a competitive spirit? 100%. Oh, yeah. Does that help you in music at all? Uh, I think that edge definitely helps be in front of the mic and deal with, like, confidence issues for sure. Yeah, yeah, being competitive for sure, yeah. So you do shows at, like, Flanagan's? Where else? Well, as someone who's only been at it for, like, six or seven months, uh. I've taken, like, any, anything I can get, so... The Flanagan's was an inspiration for the journey because before I just fart around and go to open mics because I like playing the guitar and singing. Yeah. Instead of trapping my friends while I'm drinking <laughs> at a house party, I just go get it out somewhere else, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one night, the the guy with the curly, not Morgan, uh, Walter, the other guy, he uh-huh. was with me at an open mic. The girl who's doing freelance booking now, her name's Amanda Bratcher. Shout, shout her out if she ever listens to this. But, uh, she probably won't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has a lot of other things to do. But Sometimes I say... We make all sorts of shout-outs sometime, for no reason. Right, yeah, right. Might, really might as well. It. You're like, on the off chance. It's like shouting out into the void a little bit. <laughs> Not the void as in nobody's listening to this, but I feel Nobody like... knows. I second-guess unnecessarily being like, I want to say this about this person, but they probably won't ever listen. But so I just like, I'm going to say it Nothing, Nothing's hidden once you put it out there. But... She uh, came up to the lady who was hosting it. Her name is Katie Did It. She's in a group called Mama Said String Band. They're underground. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. Did you hear, have you heard their studio release album? No, I haven't. Dude. It came out like maybe four or five weeks ago. And they put together a GoFundMe, $25,000 to fund it in Damn. Nashville. Dude. It went down there. And it's it's a blast. It's a great, great album. That's cool as fuck. I've heard of them. Mama I've Said never String heard of Band. Dude. I, I have to look up what the album name is, but it's... Really, really good. So, you kind of fell ass backwards into music? Straight up. Yeah. (laughs) As far as doing gigs, I mean? Oh, yeah. And, like, this lady was like, I want to book you. And I was like, someone wants to pay me money to hear me play? What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I had a hard time getting around the eye rolls at at social gatherings whenever I pull a guitar out. Yeah. Because even if if one person wants to hear you play, you have the excuse, you know? Yeah. 
But anyways, and so uh, the next week, I went to, like, the, I, didn't, I didn't hear anything back, and I went to the same open mic, and I talked to the lady. I was like, who's Amanda? I was like, I heard you want to hear me play, like, live, and I want to book. So I was all excited. I was hung out yeah. hammered, bro. She tells the star I was drunk. <laughs> and she's like, I don't, she's like, let me see you again or whatever. And I went up and did another one. That's how I got the first one. And you were hammered? Dude, I was drunk, yeah. And, and, you, and you were just like, okay, time to perform. Step up, baby. And that's like, you can, you can do that with music, not all the time. But sometimes. Yeah. I, certain scenes. Yeah. I think that's part of being good at it is just the willingness to do it. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of people would have been like, just give me time. Just give me, you know, a couple days and I'll perform in front of you. Then you had the guitar ready and you're like, I don't care that I'm hammered. I- I'm going to get this fucking gig <laughs> yeah. right here, right now. And it was like a pipe dream, you know? Uh, it's like, I don't even know how much money they're going to... They could not be, be like, I'll give you 10 bucks, you know? But I'll be like... Say less. Yeah, I'm there. Right. That's, um, lo- that's dinner after the show. Yeah, that's $10 you don't right. have. And, uh, then, and so I showed up, and she said she'd call me. And the next day, they had someone drop out. And so they were like, do you want to come play on the patio? And I was like, sure. Nice. And so I did two or three more like that. And Solo... Yeah, and I did solo like in the beginning. Two, two or three solo, and then like my third or fourth one, I had Walter on again because whenever all this was happening, like this is again with musicians, they're like herding cats. Like people mm-hmm. are creative and they're always going on nice, like fun adventures, and it doesn't match up with scheduling. But that's like nothing to complain about. That's why like you do it is because when you get these people together, it's a fun thing. Yeah, you know, making it more of a business side of things is something that you have to work in slowly if you want to keep everybody for the long term. So what was the idea behind turning it into more of a band thing? Did you just see like a limit at far, as far as you could go as a solo guy? Well, I mean, yeah. So yeah, right? Like I had, I had basically no music theory knowledge. And I had a guy who could play guitar a lot better than me and Walter. He knew how to solo. And we were kind of like yin, yin and yang, like, you know, the idea is like, we're there, we're there, he's going to handle all the, the rhythm, the lead parts will handle all the rhythm. And that's how it kind of got going. And we, we were just like, should we come up with a name? You know, mm-hmm. and just like having fun with it. And that's where the docs came from, mm-hmm. which by the way, the name's already taken. So new name is, uh, we came up with last week is the Rare Collectibles. It's gonna the be Rare a, Collectibles. That's going to be Damn. Name. Breaking yeah. fucking news Breaking on the show. News. We debuted our name last Friday when we uh, played a little gig at a... Gravely Brewing. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And so, getting people together for a band, like, it's all created. So, it's not a tangible thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only created once it's put to value and trademarks and money. Yeah, and right. Not, right. And when there's money behind it, that's when it actually starts to matter. 100%. And that, that side is a really interesting part because you can have so much created outside of it and it can just be stripped away. I so, will say, though... That highly suspicious is a name that's already taken, Sick. and we're just like fuck it. We're gonna be the best one. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna well. we're gonna be the ones that come up with. You look it up. Huh? Yeah. We got differences between the pre-existing podcast. There's a highly suspicious like band, highly suspect that I've heard um, none of their music, and then there's like a highly suspect like podcast, and it's like it's probably shitty. You know, I haven't listened to a second of it. And I think we also weren't we weren't married to the dots because the original guys yeah. who did it with me like uh, they're still around but again um, they're both you know doing a lot of stuff currently Walter I've gotten very fortunate like he's got a little break so like I was saying earlier like we just have this month of July to get together and really yeah. put some put something together like cohesive that might actually return the favor as opposed to just going out having fun and making a little change on the side yeah it would kind of suck especially this point in our lives that everyone's so fucking busy all the time. Mm-hmm. Unless this was like your main job, then you know. Well, then you'd be able to have time for it. Right. Fuck, and everybody's just got so many responsibilities and shit. It's not, yeah, it's not about the uh, the want. Right? Everybody wants their cake, wants to eat it too. Yeah. You have to make all these sacrifices in the meantime. But it's the, you know, anyone would also say that they'd love to have the opportunity to get paid to be in front of a microphone and be up there with their friends. And that's like the positive side of it, you know, getting to be yeah. up there. Like it really, you know, we're, we're getting, as long as the manager's happy and no one thinks that we're like God awful, even when they're drinking, <laughs> you know what I mean? The expectations are so low, but our potential is much higher than what we're putting out right now as a group. You know? That's, that's the thing about like 
a lot of live music like that, like some of those people that were at your shows, they didn't even know that there was about to be live music. So when you go there and and people are like, oh, well, I didn't expect any music and this is, you know, pretty good and I'm fucking drinking. And that's kind of the idea of what makes money for the businesses because they're like, well, I'm vibing, so I'm just going to keep and, drinking yeah, here. continue to hang out. Can I tell you my story of what happened at the last show I went to? <laughs> so I went to Flanagan's to see their show with like a full band. That was okay, when you yeah, all yeah, had yeah, yeah. Morgan in the mix. Uh-huh. That's where you had a couple people that uh-huh. I hadn't seen you play uh-huh. with before. Yep. So I was there with Caroline and my friend Pierce, and we were just chilling, vibing. And the waiters out there were nowhere to be fucking found. Oh. So, so I was going like inside to the area that's right there, and I don't know if you remember this, but there was a whole like school reunion or something happened in there everybody was like kind of dressed up and they all had like name tags and shit and i was like you know i don't think i'm supposed to be in here but i'm gonna try anyways (laughs) and so i go to the bartender in there and they're like are you with the reunion or whatever i was like no and then they were like, oh, are you with the band out there? I should have said yes. Yeah, dude. I'd have said like, yeah, bro. I should have said yes. But I was like, nah, I'm here to watch the band. I'm not with the band. And, and then they were like, well, we kind of got something going they on in said, here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so you got to go to the other building with the other bartender. Flanagan's is kind of crazy like that. They, they have like three kind of buildings there. And yeah. they both have all of them have different you know bars and bartenders so it's a cool fucking place you know what i mean yeah on the outside you wouldn't think it's that big i feel like i passed by there a million times before i started going to shows yeah it's well it's real 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 low-key and the the real thing that makes it special are the late is the late night communities that show up and there's like different groups so there's actually a whole trivia community there that I went and like just sat in that trivia during an open mic night just for chits and giggles one night. And I was like, oh, there's like well-known people who are like, yeah. <laughs> that do trivia regularly and shit. And uh, that whole Red Room is, they we opened that up for the one, the first one yeah. that I did uh, way back when. Would you be any good at trivia? Really depends. <laughs> really depends. On, on the type of questions, yeah, I guess? Yeah, 100%. You talking about like geography? No shot, dude. <laughs> you want to you you know what Istanbul is, bro? No idea where that shit is. You, you, the capital of whatever country? Uh-uh. Never going to come out of my brain, bro. No shot. Preston, I feel like you'd be decent at it. Depends on the topic. It's got to be niche. Yeah, I feel like whenever there's like a music category on Jeopardy, that's when I'm like going off. But almost anything else on Jeopardy, I'm just, it's fucking hard, bro. It's a lot of like random shit where it's like automatically or you got to really sit and think about it. That's that's how trivia works. You think people study? Like that's how they make their income? They're like, dude, I got to be a pro Jeopardy player. You know they study. You know that they study because they get time to like when they audition for the show. Man, I didn't know. I don't know any of that stuff, and I guess I never really wanted to think about how much you have to dedicate to. That's a lot of fucking time. But if you're smart ass motherfuckers, reading flashcards. He's like, yeah, I just aced every test I took in school, and so I just remember stuff. (laughs) Crazy. What if you could? What if a lot of that stuff was like eighth grade knowledge that we've just forgotten? <laughs> well, I think I just feel sad. <laughs> Dang, I knew that at one point. Such a bright kid. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> they say that about everyone. Right, 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 right. Watching Jeopardy with my mom is fucking crazy. Because she's just like a fucking savant. She just knows like every question or like almost every question. Like the most obscure shit and so much so many of the times it's like how the fuck do you even know that just like the most random shit that's yeah. on that show. anyways that's a major tangent so uh <laughs> so you do covers most of the time right yeah yeah uh have you started doing like original stuff yet mm-hmm. yeah so there's two original songs that i performed um the first one is one that was actually wrote by Walter, the guy that plays guitar with me. The lyrics are actually not original from what he wrote. I, I changed them up to him because um, I was the one singing it for the most part. Mm. And uh, I think he wants to sing a different version of it too. But the idea of the song came from a song called, 
but it was either a group or a song called Six Bladed Razor. He just sat me down and gave me a couple chords and we like wrote it. And the progression that it's come to now is like really fun. We were talking about it one day. He's like, I just can't believe that people like it so much. And I, he's like, we just wrote it in such a short time. And I said, Walter, we've been performing and like working on it for months. Like the reason why it's a good song is because we're just attached to the idea. Yeah. It's, it's Did weird. he write it in like a day? Yeah, he, yeah. I, I don't know how long he spent on the actual lyrics or spent writing it, but we both like had the same idea for the song and structured it similarly. So when we mm-hmm. came together, like we would bounce it back and forth. And then we'd That's cool. Live. Yeah. So do you think that the continuity stuff with your band kind of makes it harder to make a lot of original music? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and I think that creating original music too is is um, a complication of style because yeah. ideas are are centered around having a, a way to communicate them. Mm-hmm. So if you can sit and play a specific style without the thought of a message, and it's just playing notes, but if you have an idea, if you're writing a song, you want to portray something to somebody. You know, then the message is in the words, or the yeah. message is in the the chords, or the whatever theory you use. So the the broad perspective is just a little bit too much to create and give to everybody. Because I can't write a song thinking about the drums, or thinking about the bass, or thinking about the lead guitar yet. Yeah. You know, I wish I wish I could. I can hear it in my head sometimes. Sounds good. Yeah, the idea. <laughs> you know, for like, sure. <clears throat> it's great. But um, you know the. The ones that the other one that I perform is written just by wrote by myself, and it was just something that I really attached to a moment in time where I came to awareness. You know, the words and the energy of the song are centered around like that specific moment in time, and you know, I don't find that very often. But I also have like maybe thirty songs I'm actively working on. You know, like they have verses, they have choruses. I yeah. have lists of chords writ- wrote for them. But now I, that I have people to create with, I hope that changes or at least grows at a little fuck yeah. steadier rate. So. Just doing a lot of covers and stuff. I think it's interesting that you all don't play, like, the more basic covers. Like, I feel like you all don't play, you know, the usual cover stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you're performing with random people, I mean, those are going to be the songs that they know. The, you know, classic rock shit that Mm -hmm. they could just hear on, like, the speakers and stuff. Absolutely. We do a lot of Grateful Dead stuff for that purpose. I think, but it's, and I, we like, but I think the musicians that I like to work with and be around are people that enjoy the simplicity because it gets to bring out the skill of the player, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just, you play it because that's how the song's played. Yeah. You know, and those two ideas are very specific for keeping people entertained. You have to be into the music you're playing for the people that are enjoying it to be into the music you're playing. Yeah. And it comes off with the ad-lib stuff, too. And the people that I've worked with, like one of the guys, Garrett, I mentioned earlier, bald mm-hmm. guy on the jumps, he's so positive in his perspective because it's, he's like, it's actually amazing that we have anything together because we've already sold ourselves about a product. We got up there, we got paid gig money. Yeah. We had someone who had joined the same day. You know, we had people drop out three days before. Mm-hmm. The classic freelance gig stuff, but if you want something specific, you need consistent people. And that's where, like, talking about creating music, that's where the consistency really helps. And cover music is a platform for that. You know, if you like playing certain songs, write songs centered around that platform. Mm-hmm. Just, you don't have to do the Ice ice Baby fucking Queen thing and just take it. Yeah. You know, that's not creativity. Creativity for sure. is knowing what they were using and then building off of that. Yeah, I think you gotta... It's hard to understand inspire inspiration for some people because it's like sometimes it is like you know you got to do it like you said where it's like I enjoy this type of music and I'm going to kind of make something in that realm of stuff that I like as opposed to you know being like I like what this person does I'm going to do that yeah <laughs> which is what I think well, some people can do also be trying to do that too hard and that's also something that gets in the way of mm-hmm. originality for it's sure being like i like this so much i'm going to try to be exactly like this mm-hmm. and so it's like not just plagiarism but genuine you ever listen to a song and it sounds like a song of another artist and it's just like these sound the same like 
same person, same voice, same style, everything. And so it is important for them to just kind of get out of their comfort zone. Like, you need to put your twist on it, but then you also need to, like, push yourself a little. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some sort of formula to that, of being successful in that, for sure. Well, Jeff Ruby's, man, we were talking about work, uh, place I work at, there's a band there that's full of really, really talented people, but they go there and they have the very same set list every week and they play the same songs. And, mm. you know, it's, it's crazy because when you talk about it, it kind of sounds maddening, but they enjoy it for the stage that they're at in their career and yeah. their lives. Or maybe they do or maybe they don't, but, you know, the lady, Robbie Bartlett, who's leading the whole thing, seems to appreciate what, what she has for it and wants, like, other places to, to build off of. But what she does every week is put on, you know, like, the same Ruby's set list, you know, and they take requests and they can do other songs, but it's very like restrictive. Yeah, yeah. You know? they kind of have the songs that they want to play, and that's okay. It's not. I. It. It sounds like a negative thing, but when you're talking about it in a as a career, of, yeah, yeah, when you talk about growth and creativity, you're talking about it and inspiring. And it would be the. It's kind of the same thing as you know when a comedian goes on tour, they do a lot of the same jokes in multiple places yeah how do you how do you as a creator stay invested in that if you want something stimulating out of the out of yeah. the actual career no, i a think good question this was something we were kind of talking about before the show but just like you're probably grateful generally you not talking about you specifically but just being grateful for being able to make money at all in music i mean that's a dream for so many people that are just unable to fucking do that at any level. And they blew me away. They were like, I'll give you 150 bucks. And I was like, you want to pay me, period. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It doesn't, it doesn't, when, until you've been offered, or I guess maybe some people like, it's all they've ever dreamed. I got that, and I had a guy the next week, I went to an open mic, uh, because I plugged it when I went, and he was like an older fella named Gene, and he came up and he was like, how did you get a paid gig? And I was like, (laughs) Bro, what? How do you mean how? I don't know. Like You tell me and then we'll both know. I went up drunk. Yeah, I was like I was like, bro. Yeah, did you hear bro. the story? Yeah. I was drunk and I played and, and someone liked it. And I was better than you, I guess. I don't know. But that's but that's where it's subjective, right? Yeah. He could he could be a better performer than me, like, yeah. objectively. Or yeah, objectively. Sometimes it's about. just luck. Yeah, and there you have That's your luck, you have your another factor entirely. You know, and there's there's all of that and mixed in with the logical side of it. Yeah. And you mix that in with the logical side of it, and you don't feel anxious about it because you're prepared. <laughs> so when you yeah. get wrenches, you get people not showing up, you get, you know, all this stuff, you're like, okay, at least 75% of my band knows the set list, and we're going to make, you know, alterations to keep the product that we're, you know, bringing to Keep the it table. moving. Keep it going. Keep it live. And keep it to where everybody wants to come back. Not after the show going, ah, dude, if we were more together, then this would have happened, or this would have happened, you know? What, so, what would be y'all's, like, perception of a start in music if y'all would, were to start creating? What do you mean? I don't know. Like, if you were to see yourself creating any kind of music or any kind of platform, if you, you've been to live shows, you've seen people perform, like, what do you think, like, would be similar to, like, how you would get started if you wanted to, to, to play off of people? It would be hard, right? Because uh, when you're just doing, like, vocals or whatever yeah. or if you're on like you know production it you can't really do like covers in the same way mm-hmm. you don't really get booked the same way mm-hmm. as you know there's a whole other with crowd. a nice guitar yeah there's a whole nother crowd so i know people like that that do you know little ass concerts in whatever yeah. venues will have them yeah and they to- totally have like a you know their own following for that it would just be so much. It would be so much work to try to do that, and I feel like I would be nervous on the stage because I mean, I felt that to some degree just like playing in band in school. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I'm one saxophone of like twenty. <laughs> right. But I still am afraid to fuck up. I was in band in high school too. Fuck yeah! And I was a trumpet player. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I feel like the trumpet is a very specific archetype. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is the saxophone. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that was all the band jokes. Those were like the funniest nerd jokes I ever heard. Oh my god! Instrumental. Like, okay, wait. So what's the worst movie. person in the band then? 
Uh, what would be the worst personality? Or the one that you least vibe with, you know? Not saying that, you know, clarinet players are evil or some shit like yeah. that, but... I think I think the most obscure I group, think that unironically, though. <laughs> the most obscure, obscure group in our, in our high school were, like, the French horn players. I feel are, like the French horn players were always weird, but I think that's always why I liked them. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't in an unlikable way. I think the percussion people were always pretty amped up. Dude, they thought they were the coolest motherfuckers. Pretty machismo. I always fucked with the percussion people, too, for real. All the percussion kids were stoned. Yo, who doesn't want to just play the fucking xylophone or, like, the drum or... I love the sound of a xylophone. I know that's a random thought to put on wax right now. That's a good take. But the xylophone sounds really good. It's a unique sound. Well, it just adds... um, what were they like single tones and Mm. so it's similar to like harps so the idea is that no matter what you're doing you're playing a note in tune because it's like all specifically built for that and when you have those overlays and like and you have like rhythm on top of it Mm -hmm. it, to the ear it's just very pleasing well and when they like double up on the Mm -hmm. do these crazy runs it looks crazy you'd be like you'd be like Dude, dude, dude! It's like, mm-hmm. damn, bro. Are you ever see uh, someone play a steel pedal guitar before? Yeah, dude. I was thinking about steel drums. Steel. Oh, those are so crazy because you basically have to hit it with different parts of your hand. The the ones with like, like bell shaped yeah. ones. Oh man, that's, that's just so crazy. much skill for like such a unique instrument. See, that's really how I chose saxophone because I was looking at different instruments and I'm like, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do the. For the, yeah. the, the trumpet, the theme. brass player, spit. I feel like I would look weird with a flute in my hand. <laughs> I can't even whistle, so I don't know how I'd no be able piccolo to do that. For Louis. Can oh. you imagine me with a piccolo? The tiniest instrument. <laughs> Little as hell. <laughs> oh fuck! Gotta get Shaq to play one of those. That would be entertaining. What does that even look like in his hands? <laughs> one finger would cover multiple holes. <laughs> Would that even work? Would that even be possible? Physically. Dude, you'd have to like give Shaq Shaq, like finger attachment so that he could have like a fire point. (laughs) Just hit the right buttons. That'd be horrifying. Music time. Okay, since we're halfway through the show, we have a very special treat today. Instead of playing a song, Chris is going to perform the first live music that has ever been played on the show. What what do y'all want to hear? Original? What y'all looking for? Whatever you want. If you want to plug yourself and play at Rachel, that'd be cool. But we do a lot of music that isn't ours, as you know. So just afterwards. Well, do uh, y'all ever heard of Sean James? No. Um, I learned about this song through a video game series called The Last of Us because they played. Fuck yeah. Uh, for like the. There's good music in The Last of Us. Yeah, they played it in the um, the trailer. Uh, Ellie, the character, was playing on the guitar in one of the teasers. So I started learning it. Then I, I, I didn't get super into Sean James, but that's how I found him as an artist, and I love the song. So. This one's called Through the Valley. Now
Chris Reithmeyer of the Rare Collectibles. That was so good, bro. That I'm gonna have to listen to that song after that because I fuck with that. He's got two different versions of it released now, and you know what's crazy is he's super popular in Brazil. <laughs> That's so <laughs> like the most random. I, I he might. He, I don't. I have no idea. I don't know why I would have thought that. But like one time I was watching a video and I swore like he might have had like an accent hmm. so I thought he might have had some family that was from Brazil or, Maybe, has, like, or something but he looks like a straight white dude so like it wouldn't make a lot of sense but he's got a he's, he's got a great voice the guy the guy's like he can play I think it's cool when you find a song you like on a video game because mm-hmm. uh, because it can just bring the video game too to the next level oh, 100%. it's got a good yeah. soundtrack don't you think so Preston absolutely yeah, I, I think... talked about that on one of the on one of the other podcasts. Oh, did we? Yeah, or that was, it was like a movie or something. <laughs> That's not like something that. like we were talking. Oh yeah, about. movies just like a, a, a movie soundtrack soundtracks for sure goes a long way. Yeah. You know which one was like that? Did you guys watch one of the newer Purges? No. <laughs> so like there was like you know I was they thinking had, like, of having that on for the fourth tomorrow. The Purge. Like, yeah, because you know how you go to like a Halloween party or a Christmas party yeah. and there's just like this random. Movie related to the holiday? Always. If I just played the Purge, and they have a Fourth of July Purge, and yeah. it might be the one that I'm I think that's the move. It might be, be the one that I'm referencing, but movie or National Treasure, National Treasure <laughs> movie is okay. Soundtrack to the movie really good. Yeah. I was like in the theater, and I was like, "There's no reason the soundtrack should be this good for hey, movies." Hey, listen, that means that there's one music nerd. But yeah, someone in there was like, "I know, I make this sure good that it's a banger." I think we talk about that a lot, actually, because last episode we were talking about, I was talking about the last Transformers movie, yeah. and I was saying you that did it say was, something about it. Was that, was what it was. that was what it was. It was set in the oh uh, in like '90s New York, so they were just yeah, playing just some playing bangers, some great shit that I listened to on my own. So I was like, okay, and it <laughs> they know awful up. movie, but fuck, that, that could just help so much, just because. I mean, fuck. I mean, and well, like that's why a, a soundtrack can't be bad, though. Like in a in a place like the, like if you have music in anything, yeah. it almost always has to be good because it can. If it's not good, then I think it just ruins stuff. Like you just get made fun of for it. So yeah, hard, for sure. You know, <laughs> there is a uh, <laughs> there's some movies I've watched where they've done the. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just fucking laugh because of the meme. It's meme associated. Yeah, you gotta be aware of that stuff. Yeah. I think it was like Donnie Darko that unironically does it at like yeah. a sad yeah. moment in the yeah. film. And it's just like, bro. Uh, one of my favorite movie uh, video game soundtracks is Minecraft. That shit just goes so hard. It's so simple. That's the best part. Yeah. It's like elevator music, but outside. Yeah. Yeah. And vibey. Right. So good. I mean, that's why people love the lo-fi radio. That's why it I is like... absolutely lo-fi. 
is outdoor lo-fi. Yeah, like lo- like lo-fi. Lo-fi is uh, it's good for the concept. Y'all ever heard the concept of like house music uh-huh. being like to it's the same RPMs as a heartbeat, so mm-hmm. it's like human music or something like that. It's like one ten RPM or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember like how exactly it correlated, but um, essentially it had to do with like everybody's rhythm being in sync, and that's what like the the rhythm of electronic music is fascinating because like it's different than any other. Well, A, it's consistent, and it's a lot like the stuff we don't understand, like the rhythm of your heart, you know, uh-huh. right? Like, that's electronic, technically. It runs on a pulse, like electric pulse. But mm-hmm. um, when you just have that in the background, you know, yeah. a lot, it frees up a lot of other ways for you to feel things, I, f- I, I feel like. Yeah. Relaxing, maybe. Yeah, because you're not distracted with one of your senses. Mm-hmm. It's actually being filled with something that is driving if you're in tune with the music that you're listening that's to. That's crazy. I didn't really know about all that. That was a, I think that was, I don't know, I don't know how concrete that is. That's more raw thought. But, um. I think there's, might be something to that. Yeah. I mean, rhythm in general, I mean, we were in fucking caves, you know, you know banging on the hilarious. sides to make beats. No, no, no. So there, you know what? You just brought up a niche thing that I know about. Let me, let me info dump, all right? Yeah. yeah. So, they have found like caves with great acoustics and stones that are not from that cave, and it's because they would play the stones as drums, because there would be quartz deposits, so it would have good resonance. Mm. So they would bring giant stones, smooth them out, and play them at these caves with good acoustics, just for the acoustics. Is like this they an didn't live there. Thing? Yeah. Okay. Are you anthropology? Study or just dropped out of it. college long fucking time. I took a biology anthropology class. Um, he knows a lot about a lot. Though. They have found like stones not originally from that site. Basically, from my understanding, it was like that it had quartz and other mineral deposits that maybe had, our next stu- it to have good resonance. Maybe our next studio should be in a quartz cave. Cave, baby, get that <laughs> um, caveman acoustics. We're reporting once again live from the cave. Like it's literally they just use that as like a stadium. Yeah, but basically, and, and how like the projection, like what was it? You ever heard the concept that music quiet is felt differently than music loud? The reason we I like the that, feeling yeah. of loud music is because of how the volume of the sounds changes the way it's perceived. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like it the, definitely does. So like it's the acoustics of the cave. Like you can, you it's the it first feels amp- different. It's when amplified. You, yeah, that's the difference between like live music and no matter how you have it playing in the fucking car, like. I went to see live music recently, so and I could feel it in my rib cage. So good, yeah. I could feel it's the a, bass in my rib cage. Oh, it's, and it's that's a, a great feeling. It's a good oh, feeling. It's a yes. unique feeling, and you don't get that like yeah, bumping it in. That shit can make you like euphoric, like oh, afterwards absolutely. leaving it, and your body's just still. Dude, what's your opinion of still crowds? Huh? Still crowds. What's your opinion of still crowds? Like crowds being still? Yes. Like you're out at a music that's venue, sad. and like people just aren't moving. The worst places for that Somebody are needs to bring a like beach ball yeah the bigger artists there the bigger artists are the ones that are like that because when i go to someone niche that i really fuck with like it's always like when i went to like when i went to maxo cream at forecastle i didn't give a fuck i was jumping up and down i was acting like a fool but if you went to like a drake concert Mm. you're there with a bunch of motherfuckers that do not like drake that much well it's it's yeah, just they're over there with their girlfriend or they're something. They're there looking cool, whatever. Yeah, but it's and, it's weird to me. Like I, I grew up, and it's not the same. I grew up going to shows in, in Texas, like country shows, and like the the thing to do was to dance. Like swing dancing yeah. was a thing in Texas, and it's so funny because it is like the only excuse for awkward white folks to get out there and try yeah. something. And then you go to a concert, and like people would swing dance, but mostly stand still. And I went to one of the ones from an artist from Texas, and mm-hmm. my, and my girlfriend, I was packed for Street Live. His name's Co Wetzel. We finally found a space like way up top in the second story. We could get some like room. We were like dancing and stuff. People were just like staring at us. I swore I saw like video. Like people were like trying to make fun, like take pictures and shit. And I'm like, I'm like, it's so weird how it's it's strange for people to enjoy themselves and like just spin around and do a partner dance than it is to stand still. That's some some weird like social dynamic shit. I saw a clip the other day of like if everyone else isn't dancing, you shouldn't be dancing on vacation. And this one dude's recording, and everybody else has, like, a coconut or pineapple, tropical-ass, <laughs> fruity-ass drink. And he's like, y'all are gay for that. You couldn't <laughs> catch me dead with that yeah, in my yeah. fucking hand. 
and it's like, bro, enjoy yourself. Take yeah, a deep breath. Be happy. Get a fucking pineapple drink and drink. be happy. Everyone's asshole. making fun of you. Like you're not like you're. You think that you posting that makes you look like oh I'm a whiskey. You, everyone's <laughs> laughing at you, dude. It's like, like please take a deep breath. Come on. Or if you're in a group of other people, like, and they're trying to get him a fucking umbrella in his drink right now. Yeah, Yeah, that's, I think part of growing up is just caring less about what other people think. Understanding your interests. Because I think middle school is peak, like, everyone cares what you do, what you don't do. (laughs) You know, you, you have to put out a certain type of way that you feel like you have to be at that age. Yeah. Very quickly, I was Everybody's a poser at a certain age, you know? Like what, what else are you gonna do but pose? You have no experience. Straight up, yeah. you have no you have no prefrontal cortex. You don't even yeah. have that part of your brain hey, yet. You don't have a character developed yet. Yeah. <laughs> Backstory loading. Yeah, exactly. That's dead ass kind of how it was. At a certain age, I was just kind of emulating either people around me or like. But what about the concept know, that like people YouTubers. living in their moment? You know, as yeah. a kid, right? They're yeah. once, like. You know, you watch, like, other kids your age doing something crazy and fantastic yeah. and getting these medals and stuff. But that that's, like, the participation trophy whatever award. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, like... It Attendance mean, award. Yeah, but how, like, what you get out of it, like, is what everybody, including the adults, miss. Like, I think I do feel, like, the uncomfortableness... If I would be like the only one dancing, get a little liquor in me. I do not yeah. care. Yeah. It does not matter no, I if I am in a. Before and I'm like, if I'm drunk enough, if I'm the right amount of drunk, yeah. Sure. I could be at a funeral, I'd still be grooving. It oh, <laughs> does wow. not matter. Like they start playing the bagpipes, Louis like, Tony, get down. <laughs> <laughs> Pre game the funeral, bro. Start spitting on the casket. Woo, that fireball got that, that bagpipe hitting, dude. <laughs> Got my uh, Kroger Field water bottle of whiskey <laughs> in the funeral. Do Take your, one sip in the middle of service, and I'm like, bagpipes? No, it's very different. Grandma would have wanted us to throw down. <laughs> this is in her honor. I feel like people always say that, but I don't know if they actually mean it. I feel like it I want my party. I want my funeral to be lit. So you have to you have to trust your friends a lot if you believe. See, that's, that's why there's gonna not going to be any like sitting around while I'm buried. Shit, I'm gonna get. Uh, you're gonna be able to see me. I'm gonna say peace out. I'm gonna get buried. You all better go get lit. I don't like, care. That's that's, that's just, just how it nah, is. I don't care if the homies are eighty. You better be and coming better be to my grave site while you're at the. You like, better like, be rolling up lit, dude. Well, <laughs> and, and especially especially if you're all old. What the hell? What are you? Yeah. What are you following? What do you? I guess like if you have some real, real like religious people. That yeah, that's just a how much of a fuck do you give sort of thing again, where it's like people at your funeral might be the ones who are like, I'm not sure I feel comfortable drinking at this <laughs> event, and it's just like if somebody told you to do that, that's the least you can do is right. like get a couple drinks in you, even if you are sad, you'll be a different kind of sad, yeah, you know? Or something. Yeah. You'll well, be more honest about it. Get well, that shit out. Well, <laughs> my grandpa died in 2017. Yeah. I had to go up to North Dakota in the middle of the winter Damn. in like Damn. February. There was literally like six foot of like permafrost yeah. snow on everybody's yard and the wind chill was like negative like Fifteen, Jesus. negative twenty with wind chill. So all we did was stay inside and fucking drink it. I'll tell you what, that was the most liquor I've ever seen consumed in one weekend ever. <laughs> not with any of my friends. Not at college. No, nothing no, like that. Different kind of drinking though. Dude, but y'all drink a lot in COVID. Oh yeah, dude. That was, oh yeah. Uh, I used to have a buddy of mine who worked EMT, an EMT job, so he had like twenty four hour shifts and then like two or three days off. So he'd get off and he'd just hit me up and be like, you want to come drink beer? I'd go over and we'd like kill a 30 ride from like 5 p.m. to like 4 in the morning. Wake up at like 9, 10 a.m., go home. So you're a beer drinker? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't understand how that doesn't... Too much. I don't understand how that doesn't kill you when you have 15 beers oh, that slugging is, yeah, around your gut. It just uh, feels nasty for I, me. I just grew up drinking beer, I guess. I think I feel that. Well, also when I'm like doing shit, it's it can be refreshing. I don't feel like I find whiskey refreshing. Yeah, you shouldn't for sure. You shouldn't drink beer because you like to sip it. 
If you're yeah. trying to sip alcohol, no. like it, it gets warm. It's best cold. Drink it fast. It's yeah, it's like, it's like it's like, and it does the most like for you. Yeah, alcohol no, the soda, alcohol right? by volume and is most effective if you just slam a beer. Like take four <laughs> little chugs of it periodically. Well, that's where craft beers are confusing. Because yeah. I'm like, you want me to those aren't taste really chuggable. Like yeah, but I'm yeah, but if you I got, chug this, I'm like gonna freaking bread. I just like a yeah. loaf in my stomach. A thousand, no, a thousand calorie IPA. No. Guinness feels you, like that. It gets you drunk though. Those get you drunk. Yeah. So you have the highest. There's <laughs> like you be having one on an empty stomach. You'd be like, that's Durr! true. I'm that's like, so oh, real. Jesus, like I took a shot. That's so real. But uh, yeah, I get what you're saying that it's refreshing or whatever, but. When I drink straight liquor, I usually feel pretty decent the next day. Yeah. If I'm drinking beer all night, I feel awful Louis, the next Louis, day. You ready for tomorrow? I might get some brandy. We might do it like that last time we had sangria and just got messed up. <laughs> brandy. You doing Fourth anything July. for the 4th? Oh, yeah. Probably see some family or something. I don't know. That's cool. You got a lot things. of family here? No, I got my... So, my, my dad... It's so funny. My mom's from Texas. And she's here with she moved here with my stepdad. They're now separated. Mm. Um, my dad's in home in Texas. His family is in or sorry, Montana, California, and Washington. Dang. All over the place. Uh-huh. All over the all place. All over. I, everything started in Montana. So it's funny that yeah. you say North Dakota and all the snow I'm like, I know what it's like up there. Yeah. My dad's told Montana's me all about really it. Oh. Like that too, like <laughs> the Great North. I just like zero like, out of ten. Straight up Canada, basically. Yeah, I never, yeah. I never had a concept until I got older. My dad would tell me he's like, "Yeah, winter was nuts because you get yeah, you have to dig your way out of your fucking house. You don't even Smart. want to. You don't even want to because yeah. you would, yeah. you would no, die. You, it was negative. You hunker down. You get your shit. It was negative forty degrees. So you if you wanted to walk to the neighbor's yeah. house, you would die of hypothermia. Oh, yeah. Like what? Our, it's the funny. It's really bad too. That's how you get frostbite. It, oh, it's funny bad. thinking about how tough our ancestors now and just how pussified we are in oh, comparison to the ACs because I'm complaining. Because my grandma and grandpa, when they first got married, they were just living in like this trailer in the middle of nice. just <laughs> flatland North Dakota where there was fucking nothing, nothing. Yeah. through the winter oh. and. That shit probably wasn't even heated, bro. I don't even know how they survived. You bundle up. You gotta bundle up in the wintertime. <laughs> Cuddle. I don't know. Yeah, like, don't <laughs> die. That's that's what you do. It's, it's like a concept of... Survival risk. mode at the grid. Yeah, yeah, but there's, there's like, the survival of the fittest or whatever. It's yeah. like the people who got the luckiest and took the best approach were the ones that passed mm-hmm. on their genes from a genetic mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. But my great-grandpa, he used to drive his F-100 truck from Montana to Mexico with a fucking, like, RV setup on the back trailer. And he hooked up tubes from the engine well to heat heat the little RV mm. camper that he had back there. That's pretty smart. But that's so risky. That is risky. <laughs> like, that's so much risk. You're driving through, like, 48 hours of, like, some of, like, America's toughest terrain at times, like, from Montana to Mexico. Yeah. And then, like, getting there and back, and he, like, put gas wells in the wheel wells and stuff like that. But they just would do it, make it happen. Yeah, that would suck. People would, you would, if you did that today, people would be like, what are you, Shia LaBeouf? Are you just insane? You want to just, like, doing this for a movie role? What's your thing? What's the longest you all could drive for a road trip? Mm-mm. I'm so bad. 12 hours. 12 hours, like, I in a day? Past, yeah, I can't go past 12. You wouldn't be able to do, like, a two-day thing? Probably not. Not without falling asleep. I firmly believe yeah. in shifts. I'm not doing any extended driving by you myself. You're talking about just, like, sitting behind the wheel, right? Yeah. yeah. By yourself. Depends yeah, but, on where I'm going, too. I... I thought I was good, and then when we were going to Miami, and I drove through, like, the Appalachian Mountains in, like, mm-hmm. Tennessee, it was a bitch, and afterwards, I was like, I need a break. Yeah. Like, 100%, I just had to focus so intensely for an extended period of time on that, that I was like, I'm burnt out, like, I can feel myself getting tired, because some that's the only time driving makes me tired. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm pretty comfortable. But what if are you I'm doing it for, like, ever? What? When you're doing it forever. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, and when it hits technical, flip on the cruise and yeah, like, and just like, keep going straight. I can go straight else. Yeah. forever, but yeah. like. But when it takes some effort. mental fortitude, I'm hitting the brakes. I have family that lives up in New Jersey, and the Appalachian Mountains going through like Pennsylvania and getting into New Jersey. Exhausting. No, you're you're literally on like the side of a cliff yeah. at a couple points, and it's I could never do that. Bro, 
I can't imagine driving down like you ever y'all ever heard about third world roads and stuff like mm-hmm. that. One mm-hmm. of the crazy things I got as a kid was uh my my dad remember my stepmom shortly after I was like nine or ten or something like that, and she's a firstborn child of a city in uh, Ecuador, mm-hmm. and she also works for American Airlines. Mm-hmm. And so even though my dad was still in the military at the time, we could go like borrow on a budget and go like to crazy exotic places. That's awesome. You know for for no money, and one of them was Ecuador and. <laughs> The roads we took, we drove up to South Ecuador, the mountains of South Ecuador, to a place called Loja. That's lit as fuck. Sweet, right? We got tricked into buying a cheaper option for a rental car, which was like this little like hatchback VW. We mm. named it Chico. The potholes were the same size as the vehicle <laughs> in the road. Sounds about right. And there was no truck, there was no car that wasn't a four by four that we passed. Yeah. Like we were the only little teeny like beep beep like fucking VW. <laughs> that thing was fighting for its life. Oh, yeah, oh, it made it all the way up and about halfway back, and then it broke down. It, nice. Did its best, but oh man. No, that's a lot of hard work. <laughs> you want to talk about driving in the mountains? Like, yeah. like that was like this is insane. I as like I I was a I was nine right I was nine or ten at the time so all this stuff was just like oh yeah we're on vacation you know I'm a kid mm. and now I'm older I'm like that was crazy every everything is fine yeah. I am a child I am giving I no, no context I'm giving no this thought is all cool. to this that wasn't even like the most risky thing we did on that trip either <laughs> the boat we went to the Galapagos Islands boat trips from island to island we're like 120 miles of sea mm-hmm. in the middle dead, Damn. middle dead middle of spring so the ocean was not nice mm-hmm. and we were on a 25 foot skiff with like one engine and two backup engines $30 tickets bro <laughs> and like Dude, I was like praying to God. I was so afraid. I was the small child. I was like, I will go to church every Sunday. Like, yeah, you know, one time. <laughs> I like, get hey, out of here. Oh bargaining God. with God. Yeah, yeah. And then we're, I'm just like, the way like crashes down. And the driver's like injured now. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, we're all going to fucking die. <laughs> like, the boat captain got hurt? Yeah. yeah. What happened? Just too big of a wave. And he came down sideways on his seat or something. And just... Douche it was like driving it with one hand, and his co-pilot was like clearly didn't really know what to do, and was like trying to help. Your dad him. was probably like, "Do you need me to drive, dude? Oh, yeah, like, mil- I don't know how to drive one of these." Dude, my things. dad's military, and he's Navy, right? And he just like stayed calm the whole time. But golly, <laughs> people were crying and puking. If he was Navy, he could have been like, "Okay." It pro- it I'm probably, saving the boat on my own. Probably felt a lot more dramatic. If he wasn't freaking out, like my dad's definitely been through a lot more shit than I have yeah. so if he wasn't losing his mind then we were probably more safe than than we thought but man I haven't driven much through them through the mountains Ugh. I could probably probably around like a day's worth of driving In 24 hours? I'm one of those people where yeah. I just plan stops along the way like I so hate rest. I hate when you're like trying to hold it together and then it's like the next rest stop is forever a fucking way yeah like you I, that happens and so, I feel like if I'm doing it... That day, should be stressful. I am just, like, putting, okay, every three hours or two hours, like, here's Stop. where one is. Dude, three I, hours is... Four hours is, like, kind of where I... How old were you say. whenever you were planning that stuff? I mean, last time we did a road trip, 20, 21. And you, and you were driving over 24-hour kind of thing? Multi-day trip kind yeah. of thing? We, we stopped in... Uh, if you didn't stop, how long would it have been straight through? Oh, to Miami? So it would have been like 14 and a half hours, 16 It would have been so far. That's South Florida. Miami, yeah, South Florida. Miami's like that's the like, tip. That's like, it was like 18, 18 hours. Drive. It's as far as you could fucking drive okay, <laughs> without so going into I guess the ocean. Like, when I was like 18 to 20, I would drive from Dallas, Texas to Louisville or back, right? That's how 12, far is that? 12 and a half, 13 hours, right? Yeah. But I'd usually do it in 11. Because my stops were just gas stops, and then I had my little, like, two-seater car, and I would just max out the cruise control. Just yeah. mirror them down I, the road. Like. Yeah, I would have, like, the most fire tunes playing. I would be able to, That's like, a huge fact. have music, some music YouTube and shit thing. in oh, there. Dude. When having a road trip with other people, you know, you have to kind of ox to make everybody happy. Yeah, that's true. You know. And when you're by yourself, that's the easy part. Because then I could just be like... Well, I'm in the mood to listen to this right now. I'm going to play this or, you know, whatever. And sometimes, like, you're just in the mood for noise. You know, like... Yeah. Sometimes someone wants to be picky and they want to listen to something specific, but you're just like, I don't even care. Like, as long as there's something in my ears right now. Yeah. Because if it's it's quiet, I'm going to do this. 
No, it needs to be loud. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be in my ears. Yeah. <laughs> Drifted off the Well, road. let's not do that one. Uh, you ever fallen asleep at the wheel? No. I have on not. Thank God. She told me she has. I've been lucky enough to have never had that happen to me. There's definitely some times That's where it could have happened. That's one of the scary things I could imagine happening. Driving Ooh. back from Florida... For spring break, did I tell this story already? My snoring cousin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's the night before we're going back to Louisville from... It was like Panhandle, so it was like a 10-hour drive. It wasn't too bad. But every night I had fallen asleep before my cousin because we were just drinking and, you know, I would just be knocked at a certain hour. And uh, the last night, you know, we were doing it conservative because, you know, we got a big day tomorrow. We're going to be hitting the road. My cousin falls asleep before me. He is the loudest snore I've ever heard. His snore is, like, aggressive, too. I said it sounded like like a pig being slaughtered. It wasn't like... (laughs) It's not just It wasn't like... It sounds like he's dying. It was like... (laughs) And it's just Jeez. like, oh my god. And I couldn't go to sleep. And Caroline couldn't go to sleep either. And she's the boss, you know, so she was like, do something. <laughs> and I was like, what do you want me to do? And she was like, I don't know. And so and so I get up and he's falling asleep. he's asleep over there. And I I That's put right. my hand in like like a claw <laughs> like this. And I'm like poking him awake, and then he wakes up, and and I'm standing over him in the dark, and he's like, "What the fuck? Did you stole your hand like that?" He he said the next day that <laughs> I was like, "Luke, your story," and he was like, "You scared the shit out of me." He said the next day that I looked like the hunchback of Notre Dame <laughs> in the in the dark. So so driving home, I was pretty fucking tired. Yeah, oh, that you off on I've done I, some dumb shit driving tired. It's it's dangerous, but it, it really doesn't take a lot of like, you know, mental capacity to drive yeah, straight. Yeah, because until yeah. Nashville, you're pretty much driving straight. Nashville's the only weird part where it's like, okay, you gotta like get off the expressway yep. to get back off the yeah. expressway. And maybe that's why driving through mountains is more or windy roads is more tiring. Mm. Because like when you can turn your yeah, brain you off. You gotta think about it. And that's why you fall asleep on the straight roads. Man, I'm talking about flatland in Texas, dude. West Texas, man, is like Nothing. Woo Kansas sucks. Kansas too. Oh my god. We Kansas drove to is Kansas. so incredibly flat. Oh we grew it, everything looks the same. It's yeah. like Hours, hours, of, yes. hours of unbroken sand. Indiana kind of feels like that sometimes too, though. Where it's just Kid, like so much empty shit. That's part of what I like driving about in Kentucky because yeah. you got like hills, you got a lot of greenery. Like it's pretty driving through the country. Yeah, the last here. hour and a half of, of the drive from Texas, like once you hit Bowling Green, is pretty sweet. Yeah, like, oh, and, and I mean, you're also closer, so the yeah. dopamine in your brain will be yeah. at home. You're like, no, you're like, I'm almost there. Yeah. That second win. I'm within two hours of home. No, yeah. that really does. Nashville, like Nashville's another one too, where you're like, okay, I'm getting there, you know? Because that is demoralizing on a ten-hour trip when you're like, well, it we've looks been driving like all no fucking progress. day, and we're halfway there. Oh, dude, that's so <laughs> like, it's honestly, it's kind of funny how whenever you do things that are long like take long periods of time how like that 60 to 70 percent mark is always like the most frustrating mm-hmm. like uh y'all also your time perception gets fucked yeah yeah, yeah. like uh absolutely one of the biggest watching the clock dude one of the biggest ones driving. i ever tied it to as a kid was we used to do these 50 40 yard dashes for football and the numbers 30 through 40 like you had to count them out so like everyone is a 40 yard sprint right you know 50 of them and they're counting yeah so you get one, and you take a break, and two, and, and if one person, you have to redo them if one person stops before the line, by the way, because stupid football coach rules, whatever. <laughs> now, you get all the way to 30, man. 31 to 39 were the hardest. Like, we're just the worst reps. And then you go to 40, and you're like the last 10. Yeah. All of a sudden, just they keep get going. way easier. Yeah. And it's and it, and it's so funny how it's just a very, very mental thing. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're doing that or if you're doing, like, Drives or yeah. like a like the, the third page of an essay like right before you get to the conclusion you know 
you get into that freaking like you're writing a paper, you're like, your coach was doubled as a vocal coach. Because look at you now. now yeah. you're able to... <laughs> all right, that's all the time that we have this episode. Thank you so much, Chris, yeah. for being on the Thanks show. Thanks, guys. You have anything you want to plug? Yourself. Shoot, man. Show's uh, coming up. Yeah, we're doing a little gig Friday, July 28th at Flanagan's. Heading that back up, be on the patio, do a full band set there. Keep an eye out for the Rare Collectibles around town. We'll be out. Alright, thanks for listening to this week's episode. We got links in bios, people will be tagged, and we'll see you next Thursday. Peace.